At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Man, you look so cute in your purple Kirk Cousins jersey. Very well done today. You look so cute in it, Michael. You know, I really wish that I hadn't done this, and I, I regretted it from the moment I put it on today. Boo! Boo! Where's your Kirk Cousins jersey? You suck, Florio. You suck. Look, you're folding under the pressure in primetime, just like Kirk Cousins. You're f- oh, now he goes to the Ravens. The Ravens. Oh, my Hey, the gosh. Ravens are 5-2. and two. The Ravens are on their way. They got one of the leading MVP candidates in Lamar Jackson. I couldn't do the Kirk Cousins jersey again. We did it for the show. I paid off my bet, yep, and now we did. move on. Okay. We do a, I, unlike you, I do a wardrobe change between PFT live and the joint pftpm chris sims unbuttoned mega picks podcast that we do every thursday well no shit sherlock you're at home and i'm at the <laughs> office okay <laughs> so all right i just want to get to it before we move on and get into our picks we did i asked i i put out a little you know calling out there to the homies like what up homies what do you think of mike florio's jersey we got some good interaction to go I like this. One of my favorites from John Ellis. Okay. He looks like an eager middle-aged team owner at a wild card weekend pep rally. Like go, go Kirk Cousins, go Vikings. Woo. I like that one a lot. Oh, from Larry monkey. They made a four T special for him. What the hell does that mean? A 40. Oh, like a four, a four, a four top and your cop. Your 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 collared hey, shirt is so impressive. Hey, Larry, Larry, that was an XL. That was an XL, Larry. So suck on that. <laughs> okay. Then we got Drew Sabo, Sabo. Excuse me. Either way, new bet. If Cousin wins Super Bowl MVP, he has to wear the helmet too. Oh, let, what, let me stop right there. Yeah. Let me stop right there. Go ahead. Let me stop right there. I will make a promise to you. If Kirk Cousins wins Super Bowl MVP. I will get a Kirk Cousins tattoo on my arm. Guaranteed. I can hear I, the production if, room yelling through the walls right now when they just heard you say that. Like, everybody is yelling, okay? Yep. Wow. That's what I'll do. If he's, if he's Super Bowl MVP, I'll get Kirk Cousins tattooed left arm above anything that would ever be seen by any human beings. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Dear God. Dear God. If you've ever listened to me ever in your life. <laughs> Please let the Vikings well, win the first Super of all, Bowl. Wait, first of, all, first of all, God saved your life when you almost died during a game. I think you're out of favors from God. Yeah, so, you're right. You're right. I probably yeah, used them all, right. all up there. Yeah. All right. But, man, you just turned the NBC <laughs> control room into Vikings fans. I'm just telling you that right now. We're all, all right. let's go purple. Here we go. Okay, let's get into business. Last week, you were 7-7 seven and seven straight up. Not your best showing. I, on the other hand, was 11-3. and three pretty good showing by me you were uh six and eight against the spread I was eight four and two against the spread 
we both went two and one, right, with our best bets. We lost the 49ers game in the slop fest, which just stinks because, I mean, come By on. By a half point. And we had it. I mean, it just, it, it just the, the monsoon killed us. But the Rams, we both were all over that. I took New Orleans. You took the New England Patriots. So we go two and one there. For the season, I have a two-game lead on you straight up. You are beating me against the spread by three. Okay. And our best bets, I have a one-game lead on you. I'm feeling good about my best bets lately. So I'm just telling everybody, I said it last week, I feel like I'm on a heater. And you might want to jump in a little bit. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I Just so you know, too. I don't really care about our total record against the spread for the year. All right. Because that's very tough. And I wouldn't bet on a lot of these games. But when it comes to straight up and our best bets, I want to kick your fucking ass. Okay. I just want you to know that. Thank you. Good. Thank you very much. Now, speaking of kicking your fucking ass, the Redskins at the Vikings on a Thursday night football game. It's prime time. It's Kirk Cousins time. Uh, Vikings are favored by 16 and a half points over and under at 41 and a half. Go ahead and lead it off with your squad, Mike. Unbelievable 16 and a half points spread. And, you know, I give you a hard time for trying to thread the needle. I'm going to try to thread the needle. Now, this is a pretty big needle at 16 and a half points. I think the Vikings win the game. I don't think they cover the spread. And I have a very vivid recollection of last year, week three, when they were 17 point favorites over the Bills and lost to Josh Allen straight up. I think it's Vikings 30, Washington 17. I think it'll be close for a while. I think the Vikings will pull away late, or maybe they'll be up 20 and there'll be a garbage time touchdown, whatever the case may be. I think the Vikings do not cover, but I think they win it straight up 30 to 17. They're clearly the better team. Right. This is not a team where the Vikings aren't going to be able to run the football. As long as the Vikings can run the football, they're going to be able to unlock play action. They're going to run into trouble the next time they face a defense that clamps down Dalvin Cook because I don't think Kirk Cousins, even the new and improved Kirk Cousins, can get it done if he doesn't have the benefit of that play action, that bootleg, that that thing that works only when Dalvin Cook is gashing the front seven and getting through to the second and third level. No, I, I mean, I hear you, and you're right. I mean, they play through Dalvin Cook. You're spot on there. Everything that Kirk Cousins really feeds off of in the pass game comes off of the Dalvin Cook uh, run game threat. He's been on fire. Uh, I'm with you. I am taking the Vikings, of course. I'm picking 27 to 10 Vikings. I think – you know, I go with like what you first said. I think the Redskins will hang around early. I, I think the Redskins have a little bit of the formula to slow down the Vikings early. You know, to what you're talking about, like that team that can stop the Dalvin Cook factor. Uh, and where does it go from there? The Redskins, they have this going for them at least. They have a front four that can be dominant. And their defense is better than the, the statistics show because their offense sucks. So eventually their defense just gets worn down and things like that. I think they will be a pain in the ass for the Vikings early but I don't know if the Redskins offense can ever establish anything really either going on and I just think eventually the Vikings will kind of slowly wear them down I could see it being 7-3 and then 10-3 and then 17-3 and then you know maybe 20-10 and then 20-10 and they put them away late something like that but uh, we're both on it I of course have the Vikings barely covering but I think it's dangerous I'm with you I think it's in that that range of maybe 17 maybe it's only 13 something in there and I don't think I would bet on this game and as I'm telling you that now you know it will not be one of my best bets of the week I can promise you that all right let's go to game two 
the Seahawks at the Falcons. The Falcons get another NFC West team to come into town to whoop their ass in Atlanta. We don't even know the status of Matt Ryan. That's certainly not helping the situation out. Uh, Seahawks favored by five and a half over under at 54. What say you, Florio? Do we really need to know the status of Matt Ryan to know that this is going to be a blowout? I don't care who plays. It could be Matt Ryan. It could be Matt Schaub. It could be Matthew McConaughey playing quarterback. I don't care. The Seahawks are going to kick this shit out of the Falcons. The only question becomes whether or not Arthur Blank is finally going to look around that stadium that he paid for and realize the reason no one is there is because his team stinks. Those $2 hot dogs are not making up for the fact that the team is awful. They're going into the bye week. Everyone outside of the organization thinks now's the time to change coaches, but Blank seems to be willing to stick with Dan Quinn. Well, it's going to be more days like Sunday when the Seahawks roll into town. And, Chris, I was talking earlier today on PFT Live during the radio hour. The Falcons host the Saints on Thanksgiving night. Can you imagine how sparse the crowd is going to be? Who's going to drag their butts out of their front living rooms on late afternoon Thanksgiving to go watch the Falcons get stomped on Thanksgiving night by the Saints? It's going to be an embarrassingly small crowd, I think. It's going to be a small crowd on Sunday. The Seahawks are going to roll over them. I've got 34 to 16. It could be worse than that because the Seahawks are trying to get right yeah. after losing to the Ravens at home. They were embarrassed. They're going to come into this thing focused and ready, and the Falcons, I think, are falling apart. We've seen it all year. They're not good enough. I think the Seahawks are going to destroy them. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And, and just about everything you said, I mean, yeah, it's not good for the Falcons that the Seahawks come off a loss that way. They are going to be refocused. They're clearly the better football team. You know, the Seahawks offense got great balance. We know that. You know, the Falcons, again, have shown that when they play defenses that are at least even above average on the, on the, on the defensive line, that they can't protect the quarterback. It's just an absolute, you know, avalanche of pressure into Matt Ryan. Ryan's face or stopping the run game. Now, I do want Matt Ryan being healthy does add a little bit of a danger factor, okay? I'll just say that because the Seahawks, I do worry, uh, as you know, and, and that's why they made a trade for a safety this week in Quandre Diggs. Yeah, I'm worried about their pass defense. I don't think it's special, but at this, at, I don't know if Atlanta – can protect good enough to totally expose it. So at the end of the day, I'm going with something close to what you're going with. I'm going Seahawks 35-21. I think they clearly win this football game. I'm with you. Uh, they got a great experience, of course, against this this system uh, and all of that. And the Falcons the same way, vice versa, because they both play the Seattle scheme on the defensive side of the ball. But the Falcons defense, nothing special. It's horrible. And uh, their offense is pretty damn bad, too. So I'm going Seahawks and you know I drew a blank earlier and I was trying to come up with a third quarterback named Matt so I went Matthew McConaughey hell what about Matt Sims I it's still going to be a blot any you put any quarterback named Matt out there Matt Barkley Matt Castle Matt Flynn Matt Hasselbeck Matt McGloin Matt Moore Matt Stafford any of them well maybe Matt Stafford would make a difference no not even him this Falcons team is done and the Seahawks are going to destroy them they're done and uh, we'll move on for that one but the Seahawks this is one of two road favorites in all of week seven here it's uh, only one of two the Green Bay Packers are the other one and we'll get to that later all right 
I think this is the cream of the crop out of the one o'clock games, what we're going to about to discuss. The Eagles versus the Buffalo Bills. It's a little bit of an underwhelming uh, one o'clock game uh, package this week. But I do find this to be the most intriguing matchup of all. The, the, the desperate, reeling Philadelphia Eagles going up to Buffalo, who won a game last week where they did not play well. And you've heard me say that's always dangerous to me. When a team wins and then doesn't play well, you know, the pressure's not on you in the building, yet the pressure there that oh we gotta you know cross our t's and dot our i's because that was not acceptable last week so i always think that's a dangerous formula the bills favored by two and a half over under at 43 and a half do you think the eagles can get on track on the road in buffalo this week i believe that this weekend in buffalo the philadelphia eagles will relish their season with a victory over the Buffalo Bills. You're funny. I mean, salvage their season. Yeah, oh, yes. Salvage their yes. season. <laughs> they will relish the fact that they've salvaged their season. Look, <laughs> we talked about this yesterday in PFTOT. The Eagles' schedule down the stretch is not easy, and they've got some tough games coming up. They better win while they can, and they are going to be desperate for this game after getting splattered by the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. And you said it, too, as it relates to the Bills. Look, they should have lost to the Dolphins. And when you look at their wins, they really don't have that signature, impressive, we kicked the crap out of somebody type of a victory. The Bills have won five out of six games. That's great. But they haven't really won a game in a way that makes me say, wow. And there's their schedule. At the Jets, they were down 16 nothing. They came back and won. They beat the Giants by 14. Okay, who cares? Yeah. They dicked around with the Cincinnati Bengals. They... They could have lost to the Titans. They won that game. And then uh, they they beat the Dolphins in a game that they should have lost. So, I, I look, I think they're ripe to be beaten and to really kind of settle back to a record that more accurately reflects where they currently are. I think the Eagles win the game 24-20. to 20. I think that that desperation will be a factor. I think Doug Peterson learned a valuable lesson last week. And, and I feel like the Eagles play well when they truly are backed against the wall, and they are this weekend at Buffalo. Yeah, it's they're scary. They're the ultimate backs-against-the-wall type of team. Um, they're scary in general, though, right now. I do not like what I see, not only on TV, but, you know, when I get all Ron Jaworski and go film stuff, too. You know, the offense is a little predictable. What's there to be scared of? There's no run game. They have a little bit of an identity problem where I want to go, what is the Eagles offense? Tell me. Because to me, it just looks like Carson Wentz, please make some plays for us to help us. But other than Carson Wentz, who do you get scared of on that, that offense? Defensively, still not up to par. And, you know, still a banged up group that's not as dominant up front as they've been in years past. And, you know, their corner play is, as you saw again last week, it's just not good. I, you know, the Bills, even though I got questions about their offense, I got no questions about their defense. Sean McDermott, for as predictable as Philly has been, I think will be all over this Eagles offense. And I'm scared of Josh Allen and doing dumb things, even though last week he was a positive that he took care of the football. Uh, but I'm taking the Bills to win this. I just can't put my hat or put my, you know, what do I, I can't hang my hat on the Philadelphia Eagles right now. They got to prove it to me before I kind of believe in them once again. So I'm going Bills 20 to 17 at home, pulling the victory off and going to what would that make them? Six and one, which I can't even believe is coming out of my mouth. But yes, I'm going Bills 20 to 17. 
Anything else All you right, want to say? Yeah, you I disagree on. with you. It's my, no, yeah, yeah, I say you're wrong, and yeah. uh, that's one that we can uh, yeah. we can uh, poke fun at each other as it unfolds on Sunday. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a good one. I mean, I'm excited to watch that as that goes. Uh, I, I expect it to be very close, nonetheless, and I could see it going your way or my way. Now, let's go to the uh, we play like crap game. Okay, the Los Angeles Chargers are going to the Chicago Bears. The Chargers, uh, of course. You know, lose a heartbreaker last week to the Tennessee Titans. The Bears look like absolute shit against the Saints. There's no other way to say it. Their offense pitiful. Chargers all over the place. I don't know what to expect in this one, but the Bears are favored by three and a half, over under at 40 and a half. Uh, Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, look, neither of these teams has lived up to expectations. Last year, they were a combined 24 and 8. Each had a record of 12 and four this year. They're a combined five and eight through six weeks of the season. We would have called it a potential Super Bowl preview at some point during the offseason, looking ahead to week eight. Now, neither team looks like they're destined to get to the playoffs. I think the Bears are sufficiently desperate, and there's so much controversy in Chicago. Yeah. And they just need to get it focused. They need to get it together. They need to keep it simple. They should be able to beat the Chargers. Chris, one of the matchups I almost added to our draft earlier today on PFT Live, Matt Nagy against that Gus Bradley Seattle defense, right. where, as you say all the time, you've got the Seattle beaters you can build in. If they can't move the ball against this defense, given where the Chargers are right now, given their mindset right now, they're not going to move the ball against anyone. And I think the loser of this game is going to flat out collapse. And the Bears can't afford to be the team that loses here because I think they're more likely to collapse if they lose this one. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, I agree with you. Whoever loses this game, it, it will be kind of that final, like, that final nail to go, okay, it's official. We're not good. And the season's over. Um the Chargers, of course, their offense, it is a little more potent than the Bears. I mean, they do have Phillip Rivers in their passing game, so there's something positive there. Their run game has not, you know, come to life at all this season, really. You know, on the other side of the ball, the Bears' offense, yeah, I mean, it's pitiful. It's one of the worst in football. There's really no other way to say it. And I talked about the Eagles having no identity. I mean, the Bears really have no identity. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, but the Chargers' defense is certainly not nothing special there. I'm taking the Bears in this. I'm going 1917 Bears. I think this will be an ugly game. I do. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of sexy offense or anything like that. But ultimately, I'm picking the Bears because I think this is the type of game they can win because they can steamroll the front of the Chargers offensive line a little bit like we saw the Steelers do to the Chargers O-line to where I think that'll that'll help them. And then because of the simplicity of the Chargers defense, they're still not a healthy group. They're not very big in the interior. I think the Bears will be able to muster enough offense to win the football game and let me just say this too the Bears where's Mitchell Trubisky's run game where did that go I mean the best thing he did last year was scramble and they had some design runs for him every year hey listen if you don't like the guy or you don't think he's a quality starter then run his ass let him get hit I mean who cares if he gets hurt apparently if it doesn't matter I just you know why did we draft these guys sometimes that are these dual threat quarterbacks and then we never use the other part of the dualness I don't ever get that so uh, I'd like to see that, in, you know, in, in instilled into that offense. But I'm going Bears. I don't feel confident about it, but I think it's an ugly win for them uh, at home. 
Yeah, Trubisky had 420 rushing yards last year, 21 this year. Now, he's still got that shoulder thing. Maybe they're protecting him yeah, a little bit. Right. I just don't know that they know what they want to do. And you've said this from the first game of the season. Where's the offensive identity for the Chicago Bears? But I agree with you. Bears win. I got 23-17. Some sort of a fluke thing happens at the end. Maybe the Chargers on the doorstep of the end zone right. and can't get in like we saw in Tennessee. Or I like your 19-17 because that suggests the Chargers will be lining up for a game-winning field goal right. and the ball is going to get snapped off of the holder's helmet and goes straight up in the air and that's going to be the end of it but the Chargers keep finding ways to lose the Bears need to find a way to win or they're going to end up in last place in the NFC North after winning the division last year yeah yeah uh, it's certainly not looking good for either team all right Giants Lions uh one o'clock in Detroit we got the Lions favored by seven over under 49. Lions are coming off some tough losses where they not haven't necessarily played bad. They've just played two teams that are better than them and hot. The Giants, on the other hand, are starting to go in the wrong direction. Um, so I'm not surprised to see the seven-point spread over under 49, like I said. How do you see it unfolding, Michael? Yeah, I really like the Lions in this one. And it's three games in a row where the Lions played quality opponents tough back yes. before the bye week. They right. had the Chiefs on the ropes. They could have won, should have won that one. Then after the bye, the loss to the Green Bay Packers on a Monday night that they should have won. The game against the Vikings, they hung tough even after they came out of that Monday night with the short week and and all of the adversity of having your your potential victory fall apart right in front of your face and look but for that that Kirk Cousins throw that that put the Vikings in position to go up 42 to 30 I think the Lions still had a chance to pull that one out so I like the Lions in this one a get back on the right track type of a game and the Giants are in the process of falling apart and and I think it's just a matter of time before people start suggesting that Pat Shermer needs to go uh, I, yeah, he's been insulated from a lot of the criticism because it was Eli Manning who was the focal point, and then it's Dave Gettleman is the focal point, and then John Mara a little bit gets some of the criticism. And it's going to come back to roost on Pat Shermer. And and this is the kind of game that that is going to show that there's a gap between the Giants and the teams in the NFC that fall into the good to above average category. Yeah. And I think the Lions are there, even though their their record doesn't reflect it 28 17 it could get worse than that but I like 28 17 Detroit over the Giants yeah I mean I think you, you said a lot of right things I mean just hey living up here in New York uh yeah I think there's there's some rumblings about Pat Shermer from the fan base here in New York he's not winning you know the press conferences either so he's not doing himself any favors with some of that stuff which I think also hurts him in the public perception you know kind of flew under the radar for one of the dumbest coaching decisions of the week last week. And because of the Giants and they were playing the Cardinals, we didn't talk about it a lot. But they were down by three points with like two minutes and 40 seconds left and had two timeouts. And what was it? Fourth and 15? And they went for it. Backed up. And then, of course, that led the Arizona Cardinals to kicking a field goal to go up by six. That made no sense. The Cardinals. Uh, that, and that, then he acted like that's what he wanted to do. He acted was, like that was the plan because then they're up six and we get the ball back and we can score a game-winning touchdown. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's right. That's what I mean. He's not winning and doing himself favors there. Um, that was full Tropic Thunder moment right there by Pat Shermer and company. But ultimately, hey, I, I don't like that the Lions lost on Johnson. Uh, that does stink. Uh, because they do want to run the ball and have some consistency there. But Matthew Stafford's been playing great. 
You know, the receiving core has been good. We saw what Marvin Jones can do last week. TJ Hawkinson's a weapon. The Giants' pass defense still stinks. And, you know, I think that the Giants' offense is not talented enough or diverse enough right now to where I think Matt Patricia will have a beat on things and, and understand what to do. Plus, he got to see New England's plan of attack, and he'll be able to play off of that from a few weeks ago to go with what he liked and didn't like about their game plan against the Giants. I got a similar score. I got the Giants losing by more than you, though. I'm going Lions 34-20. I think this is one of those teams that they match up very well with. I think Matthew Stafford will have a big day, and uh, I think they win this one comfortably. Now, let me just add one caveat. Yep. The Quandre Diggs trade, to the yeah. extent that that creates issues in the locker room, mm. that's a challenge for Matt Patricia to get guys to turn the page, not be salty, not be pissed, not get themselves twisted up in knots about the fact that Diggs got traded. I mean, my understanding is this was as simple as coming to the conclusion that his play has regressed yeah. for no good reason, and they moved on from Diggs, but they need to be up front they need to be direct and they need to get anybody who may be pissed off about this trade on the same page quickly or they could be ripe for an upset in this one that's my one area of hesitation very valid point and you're right I did not think about that aspect of it I'm hoping that doesn't filter into the rest of the team but you're right when you lose a player like that it, it can piss people off in the locker room and be a little bit of a distraction that way and that is something to watch out for all right Broncos Colts Colts favored by five and a half. They're at home coming off their win against the Texans. Broncos got an extra time after getting shellacked on Thursday night football last week against the Chiefs over under at 42 and a half. Interesting game. I think I know who you're going to pick. Go ahead, Mike. Who do you think I'm going to pick? I thought about taking the Broncos just because the Colts are developing Dangerous. this Titans vibe where, where they, they, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and then they'll lay an egg against a team like the Raiders. Yeah, Remember, we were right. certain a few weeks ago. That was one of those, because it's hard to pick these games. It is. And you have that small category every week where, all right, I know this one's right. The ones I worry about are the ones that fall into that category of it could go either way. And when one of those teams loses that you thought was just going to win, you get it's like, what the hell's wrong with the Colts? And yeah. I still have that concern. Is this a game where the Colts could trip and fall? Is Frank Reich... And and look, for, for any praise we're going to heap on him, we have to ask that question. Is Frank Wright capable of keeping these guys focused in the games they're supposed to win? I think he will. I think he's learned from his mistakes. I think they'll win 27-13. to 13. I have no faith in the Broncos' offense. And the defense isn't nearly good enough at this point to overcome where the offense is. You also have that possibility of a fire sale that's looming. Yeah. Maybe you got some guys who are going to make some business decisions because maybe they're going to get over the wall like Emmanuel Sanders did. And I think that's going to be a factor in this game. And they lose this game and fall to two and six. And it is time to listen to any offer for any player, including Von Miller. And you can't say Von Miller's untouchable because what if somebody offers you two first round picks? You take them and you run if you're the Broncos because by the time they're worth a crap again, Von Miller's going to be 33 or 34 years old. So this is the kind of game where I think it does potentially fall apart for the Broncos, coupled with the fact that the Colts have lost a couple of games they should have won. They're going to go dagger early on the Broncos, 27 to 13, and it could be worse than that. Okay. I mean, you're, you're right about the Broncos. Agree with you. I mean, if they get something like that for Von Miller, I think your point is very real. Uh, you're right. By the time they would be relevant again, he's going to be totally on the decline of his career and towards the end of it. So I think that would be smart. Um, be interesting to see if there is some play for him, you know, down the, down the, this last week. 
The Colts, uh, you're right. They're a little all over the place. I'm very impressed with the Colts' offense for the most part. I mean, you know, they went through a few games early in the year where, yeah, they managed the offense a little bit and Jacoby Brissett as he was kind of getting his feet settled underneath him. But, man, when I watch them on film and all that on a weekly basis, I'm always impressed with the game plan. And you've heard me talk about their game plan, specific plays that they come up with just to screw a defense over, all of that. I think the one area, you know, this is Denver. I do think they have pride. Vic Fangio in his defense. They didn't play great last week. I do think that they're going to want to bounce back. I do worry about the Colts defense a little bit. There's no one great area to me on that defense. There's a lot of good, you know, maybe the linebackers I would say are great when Darius Leonard is healthy and flying around. Uh, so I have it a little closer than you. I w- I'm with you. I think the Colts win this game clearly, but I'm kind of thinking they might be a little asleep at the wheel like you're saying, uh, and the Broncos defense can maybe give them some problems early. But I'm going to go Colts 24-17, to clearly the better football team, and really ultimately at the end of the day, I just do, I'm with you. I have no faith in the Broncos offense in totality. They might be able to run the ball here and there, but I don't trust Flacco or the game plan, and now no Emmanuel Sanders, one less guy to be worried about. I just don't see it happening happening and that's that anything else you want to say of that one yeah yeah here's what I want to say if the Eagles beat the Bills and get to four and four on the year and the Broncos lose the Eagles reportedly offered a first round pick and a second round pick for Jalen Ramsey I would start with that same package for Vaughn Miller and see what John Elway does and I'd be willing to go to two first round picks could you imagine what a difference Vaughn Miller would make for the Eagles as they try to pull themselves back into this. So just something to think about. Yeah. Because if, you're, one, if you've already if you've already considered And they flirted with Judebion kind of Clowney move. too, remember? I mean there was right. talk with there. Yeah. That's right. So uh, two ones, and I'd give up two ones for Von Miller, especially if I think Von Miller's presence is going to cause me to be drafting far later in round one this year and next year than I otherwise would be. I, I just think it's something to keep an eye on. And and that's why the trade deadline it comes the Tuesday after week eight. The results of that eighth week go a long way toward determining who's selling and who's really motivated to buy. And if you're the Eagles and you lose this game, okay, maybe not. If you win, you get that little you get that little rejuvenation, yep. right? And if the Broncos lose, all right, it's time to just take whatever we can get and move on. So, so that's one that I'd be intrigued by if it pans out that way. And uh, I think the Eagles should be should be at least willing to consider it if they do beat the Bills on Sunday. Yeah, I think that's a very good angle, and I I I'm, I hear you. I mean, I would I would make that call too, especially if they deem themselves as being in the Super Bowl window for maybe the next two to three years, it would make sense to have a Von Miller to be a part of that window being open. Okay. Jets, Jaguars. I see dead people, Sam Darnold and Adam Gase. Okay. Going to the Jaguars. Nick Foles has been practicing. Jaguars are favored by six points over under at 41 and a half. Do you think the Jets bounce back Florio? Do we think we can get the name Haley Joel Darnold to stick? Does that work? Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you, does that work? Yeah. I Haley like, Joel I do Darnold. Like, I like that. What was his name in the movie, I though? I can't remember his name in the movie. It was it was Cole Sear, and nobody knows that his name was Cole Sear. So You're right. Okay. I, I, that's not going to work. So you got to go with, with the Haley Joel Osment twist. And a short week, Jets were embarrassed. The Jaguars have a good defense. 
And I don't know that they just take exactly what the Patriots did and do it again. I just think that they know they can confuse Sam Darnold, and you spend the week trying to come up with a way to confuse him again. He played really well a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's going to take more than a week to recover from what happened to him on Monday night. I think the Jaguars win. Gardner, the Ginsu Minshew, we, we haven't been as excited about him. We didn't pay any attention to the Jaguars last week because they were playing the Bengals. Who cares when anyone plays the Bengals? But I like the Jaguars in this one, 24-10. They pull even to 4-4, four and four, and they're in the mix for the AFC South. If the Texans stumble... If the Colts stumble, the Jaguars could be there, and Nick Foles is back at practice this week. Who knows what happens if he's back on the field? And we both have the Jaguars from before the season winning the division, so I think we're both kind of rooting to be right. It's not necessarily rooting for the Jaguars. We like to be right. We're rooting to be right, and I think the right call here is maybe the Jaguars pull their way back in. For Sunday, they have enough to beat the Jets 24-10, and they move to 4-4. Four and four. I, I'm with you. I think they have enough to beat the Jets as well. You know, I, I Again, to your point, you're right. I don't, the Jaguars don't do what the Patriots do, so you're not going to see that similar game plan. Plus, I'd be a little scared to have that game plan this week anyways because I could promise you, you know, probably in a Monday walkthrough, Wednesday practice, that blitz pickup and what to do against the blitz was a main focus by the Jets offense and they're going to have a few tricks up their sleeves in case the Jaguars do want to break that out this week so you got to be careful but that's not really what the Jaguars do they're kind of they're that Seattle scheme we talk about this is what we play this is what we do and deal with it um the Jets on the other side you know I I will say this I think the Jets defense you know will give the Jaguars some problems at, at times here and there but I do like the Jaguars offense I mean it's pretty balanced and whether it's Minshew or Foles they can hurt you in the past game now they can hurt you more with Foles uh and I I'm gonna be interested to see if they dangle him out there and put him out there this week or if they're just giving him a week of practice before he comes back next week I have the Jaguars scoring 24 points just like you I just think the Jets will score a few more than what you think because of the embarrassment of Monday night, Sam Darnold being a little more on his P's and Q's and all over the game plan, and Adam Gase wanting to silence some of the critics from last week. I got the Jaguars winning 24-20, to clearly the better team, clearly control the game, but I think the Jets kind of hang around and are a pain in their ass for the most of the day. Yeah, I, I look uh... – yeah, I, we'll I, the more I think about I this one, yeah, I know. I, I'm not going to change my pick. I've been thinking about it because I, I could see, you know, that Jets team from two weeks ago beat the Cowboys. Yeah. They're lurking in there somewhere. They have Le'Veon Bell, but I'm going to stick with my pick. Yeah, I'm not no, I, I think don't. My don't, hands off the checker. Yeah, don't worry. Don't don't switch to the Jets. I wouldn't I wouldn't advise that to you as a, as your friend. Okay, you know where we're going to next? We're going to London. You sound like you're from London. You sound like you're from London. Bangles, Bangles, Rams. Rams favored by 13 in London, over under 48 and a half. It's the Sean McVay versus Zach Taylor Bowl. They know each other so well. They could be inside each other's brains. Who wins this one, Florio? It doesn't matter because one team is the Rams and the other team is the Bengals. And the Bengals. As, as they would say in London, the Bengals are a bunch of wankers. Now, that you know, that's not a word that would raise any eyebrows here, but apparently that's a vulgar term in London. So we may have to bleep 
wankers for the UK version of the podcast. So let me go ahead and say wankers again. The yeah. Bengals are a bunch of wankers. I, I think like the it. Rams will destroy the Bengals yet again. And you know what, Chris? There's never been a London game between two teams with winning records at the time they played in the London game. So at least they get one team with a winning record, the L.A. Rams. The Bengals are winless. They'll stay winless. The Cincinnati Wankers are going to lose in ugly fashion to the L.A. Rams. I've got the final score at 34-13. Yeah, um, uh, I, I mean, I'm with you. Come on, let's not spend a lot of time here. You're right. The Wankers suck, okay? There's nothing else to say. They're, they're horrible on, on really – you know, especially the offensive side of the ball. I'm looking up what the word means. What does it we mean? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, it's fine. You can look it up. No. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to make me look it up and then I'm going to read it out loud? I mean, we can't do that. Do you want that. me to read it out loud? Yes, do I you do. Want, there are different what the meanings listeners for want. Go ahead. Definition of wanker. British slang, usually vulgar, a person who masturbates. Oh. <laughs> That's what a wanker is. Well, the now bangles. I didn't know. I didn't know. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, let's go. Well, let's keep moving. The uh, yes, but I. Okay. That's from Merriam-Webster. That's not UrbanDictionary.com. That's Merriam-Webster. Yes. The definition of wanker. Yep. Well, the Bengals. Uh, yeah, maybe they've been being wankers too much instead of studying their playbook. I don't know what they're doing. All right, but either way, it's not good, and I do worry. Okay, my only thing is this oh, to worry about. I, I obviously, on the field, there's nothing to really worry about in general. <laughs> I just worry about, like, the Rams going over to London and, like, enjoying London too much. London is one of these, like, weird places where the games never quite seem to unfold the way you expect them to be. Now, I'm hoping the Rams are, are staying focused here and all that, but, you know, we've heard plenty of stories of teams going over there, and I know guys can't control themselves because <laughs> they're like, I've never been here before, and then they act like stupid wankers, and then they're tired for the game, okay? <laughs> all right, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm going Rams 38-17. to 17. I think they dominate clearly. I mean, there's no A.J. Green still. <laughs> there's nothing good. So stop laughing, you wanker. Rams 38-17 to 17 in London. I just hope by Monday you forget that phrase because I have a feeling you're going to utter it on PFT Live. Just don't. Just just erase it from your brain. Forget we ever said it, and let's move on. There's that, that much that we shouldn't spend any more time on uh, the Rams versus the Wankers. Yeah, All right. yeah. I think we're going to be uh, – I think I might break that out on Monday. I don't think you can stop me now. All right, Cardinals Saints. Cardinals kind of winning some football games, although it's against some really bad football teams. At least they're winning. The Saints are on fire. They're favored by 10 and a half at home. Breeze, Bridgewater, Bridgewater, Breeze. Extra thumb exercises are going on this week. Oh, my gosh. It's an exercise thumb mania, New Orleans. Uh, over under at 48 and a half. How do you see it unfolding, Mike? Uh, I, regardless of whether it's Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, you, it doesn't matter because Sean Payton's the man. He's the master of taking that defense, picking it apart, figuring out where the holes are in the system, where the tendencies are. He's going to have the right plays ready to go. I think Drew Brees will play, even if he doesn't. Saints 31, Cardinals 13. Yes, the Cardinals have won three in a row, and that's impressive, but they've yet to play a team like the Saints. Kyler Murray has yet to venture into a building like yeah. the Superdome for a Saints That's game. That's what I was going to say, right. It's going to be a long day. Yeah. It's going to be a long day. To the extent that Kyler Murray hasn't had his welcome to the NFL moment, it's coming on Sunday. And we're both Kyler Murray fans. Big and time. I love the fact 
that he has responded to adversity. Oh, three and one start with three straight wins, but not on Sunday, not in the Superdome. Saints win big. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm with you as well. Uh, Go ahead. Let me hear your score. What are they going to win? But how big are they going to win? 31-13, if I didn't already say it, and there's a chance I didn't already say it. 31-13. Okay, all right. So I think you you did say it. I did say it. So uh, either way. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. This is the toughest environment the Cardinals have had to play against. This is the best team the Cardinals had to play against. You know, on the road, Saints defense dominant as we're seeing uh, on a weekly basis right now. I think they're going to pose a lot of problems for the Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray offense. And then really ultimately is the other side of the ball that I'm really worried about. You know, the, the Cardinals defense is not good and they're not good in run defense or pass defense. So that's an issue. And the Saints, they're, they're going to run the ball. We know that. And I think this is the kind of game that, yes, Sean Payton will dial up a few in-the-lab play-action passes to screw them over off of that. Uh, I have a very, very similar score to you. I'm 31 to 16. So I gave the I gave the Cardinals an extra field goal late in the game. But clearly seeing the Saints dominate either way with Bridgewater or Breeze doesn't matter. I honestly think they dominate more if Bridgewater plays. And that's not a slap in the face or disrespect to Drew Breeze. I'm just saying he hasn't played in a while. I could see him like, you know, knocking some rust off early to where if it was Bridgewater and the Saints and all that, I feel like that's kind of a well-oiled machine right now. I, and I understand Breeze gives them a much greater chance as the go- scenes goes on. I'm just talking about right now as it pertains to this Sunday. But clearly, like the Saints, we're both on, uh, on par there together. All right, last game of the 1 o'clock. The Buccaneers, the Saints. Mariota versus Winston. Titans. Oh, wait. Oh, yes. Mariota versus – oh, wait. No, it's Tannenhill versus Jameis Winston. Titans favored by two and a half at home in Tennessee over under 45 and a half Buccaneers coming off the bye week from their London loss to the Carolina Panthers. Marcus Mariota has been playing Jameis Winston on the scout team. I'm sure he's enjoying that this week, right? Uh, but go ahead, Mike. What do you think goes, goes down on this one? Well, you know, it's funny. 2015, when both Winston and Mariota were rookies, their first game ever played was against each other. And here we are. Mariota has been benched. Winston I don't know that he's in danger of being benched because who would they put in? But Winston is now playing again for his job in 2020. There's been, there's been some rumblings of some dysfunction in Tampa, and I think that Bruce Arians is starting to realize that there's really only so much you can do to fix Jameis Winston. You know, I said this earlier today. I think I was on radio in Chicago. Back in the 70s, you could give Terry Bradshaw five years to get to his ceiling because you didn't have the same offseason reps. You didn't have the same opportunities to accelerate a guy's overall development. By year five today, you know who the guy is, and he's as good as he's ever going to be, and that's where Jameis Winston is. Now, the question is, can they coax enough out of him a week removed from that disaster in Carolina? Does he still care enough deep down? Or is he deciding, you know what, this just is it. This is done. It's just, you know, I'm checked out. I mean, he's going to get to a point where he's checked out. And I I could see with some adversity early on Sunday, maybe he does finally snap and he goes back to being that guy that, that we've seen in bad spots I, I, this one was tough for me because yeah, I could see it, it go the tough. other way too. It all comes down to how Winston plays. But I think the Titans at home, and they have shown they can win when they're favored. They won last week when they were favored over the Chargers. I think the Titans win 24 to 20. They get to four and four, and that AFC South becomes a cluster. And uh, I, I don't feel this is the one of all the games this week, this is the one I feel the worst about. But I'm, I'm going to stick with the Titans. 
just because it's too easy to envision bad Jameis Winston making an appearance at some point on Sunday for the Buccaneers. Well, I I agree with you. Excuse me. <clears throat> is um, it is a dangerous one. It's a tough one to pick. Certainly, uh, I guess I worry the Titans' defense is good. I think that's the first thing I want to say. But we know the Tampa Bay offense can be dangerous and they can move the ball. And if you play too much man-to-man on them, Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, they'll find ways to make big plays down the field with Mike Evans and company. So that's a very real thing. And Chris Godwin, who's, of course, been extremely good this year as well. I do like... What I've seen from the Titans, though, with Ryan Tannehill, at quarterback, you know I said that all week. Uh, I, I thought just from what I saw last week against the Chargers, the quarterback play was improved. Uh, the Titans are at home. And the Titans, even though, you know, not a great, great offense, and I don't know exactly what they're always trying to get accomplished on that side of the ball, too. They at least will stay patient with the run game. You know, their pass game, you know, pretty it's it's somewhat creative and it's a Buccaneers defense that's still not very good. And ultimately, I'm going with the Titans at home because I think that Tannehill will give them enough advantage to make make plays against that Buccaneers not so good pass defense. And I think Vrabel and Dean Pease will come up with enough creative defenses to give Jameis Winston and company a trouble. Uh, I go 27-20 Titans, but I do think it's dangerous like you. It's it's not it's not an easy one. Yeah, and we both have them covering because that spread's only two and a half points. And uh, but I, all right, let's move on before I change my mind. Yeah, Titans twenty four twenty. Yep, I got you. I'm with you. Okay, Panthers forty ers This is hey, this is another one under the radar. Really good game. Uh, you know what? I got to read. I got to read. I got to do this. I'm sorry to go to Carolina. Uh, don't worry about it. Let's do it real quick. PFT PM podcast. Check it out at least three times a week. I do Tuesdays with MDS. I do Fridays. Answer all your questions. Thursdays. I'm stuck with you. You stupid wanker. All right, let's move on. PFT PM podcast. If you're a highly paid NFL quarterback going through some midseason struggles, do I have the podcast for you? The PFT PM podcast with Mike Floria, the man who single-handedly fueled Kirk Cousins' 2019 MVP campaign. Yes, download it now because Florio loves the Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. But really, no, your podcast is cool, and you deep, in, deep, deep dive into a lot of different subjects. You're all over the NFL. While being an asshole, you do it somewhat charismatically. It's an amazing combination. I don't know how you do it. Thank you. Uh, but on to the Panthers and Saints now. Panthers and 49ers. I'm flustered. You've got the Saints playing three fucking games this week. They're that good. They can pull it off, okay? <laughs> I mean, I am excited about this right. one. 49ers, slop fest, Redskins, Panthers, extra time off because they had the London game against the Buccaneers. Panthers at 49ers. 49ers are the second best team in football. We both agree with that. They are favored by five and a half over under at 42 how do you see it shaking down there michael i always hate it when we see a team schedule for the coming year and people get caught up in strength of schedule based upon the opponent's records from the prior year yeah. that doesn't mean anything i don't care about prior year but i do care about strength of schedule from the current year as the year unfolds and the 49ers strength of schedule is about to get more difficult now doesn't mean they're going to lose this week but the losses are coming this team isn't going to go 16 and 0 now watch they're going to go 16 and 0 
But this Panthers game is the first test. They got the Seahawks looming. They got the Packers. They got the Ravens. They got the Saints, for crying out loud. They got the Rams again, and they got a second game against the Seahawks. There's some easy wins there. They should sweep the Cardinals. They should beat the Falcons. Oh, God. At least, at least that game's not in Atlanta. So, uh, look, 24-17 is the score I've kind of pulled out of my rear end for this one. I think the 49ers' defense is good enough to slow down Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Allen is due to lose. He's 4-0 this year, actually 5-0 if you go back to last year. And, uh, yeah, they've had two weeks to get ready for it, but the 49ers are just operating on a higher level this year. The 49ers get one more win. Uh, and then they have the Cardinals on the short week, and then things start to get very interesting. But for now, 49ers move to 7-0. It's 24-17 victory over the Panthers. I don't feel great about it, but I feel good enough to say 49ers continue to win. I also feel bad because there were several weeks there where I didn't believe in the 49ers, picked the Browns to beat them, picked yeah, the Rams right. to beat them. We, we both were on the 49ers last week, and I think we need to be on the 49ers again. Yeah, I've made a promise to myself that I will not be picking against the 49ers really for the rest of the year. Now, I don't know if that'll hold up true, but I'm certainly not going to start this week, okay? This is the best team the Carolina Panthers have had to play. This is definitely the best defense that uh, that that Kyle Allen has had to go against uh, in his short career to this point. And this defense is for real, like you're saying. And they have the front four to you know, allow themselves to be conservative in the back end if they want to because they can let their front four just do its thing. Hey, front four, stop the run. We're not going to load the box, do things like that. Tremendous team speed. Have linebackers, I think, that can at least slow down the Christian McCaffrey uh, attack there. And on the other side of the ball, I, I respect this Carolina Panthers defense a whole lot. Now, uh, I, I, but, but the, the, the 49ers offense, I think is, is, is pretty damn special. I do. And it starts with their run game. And if there's one little weakness to the Panthers, that is their run defense. And I don't like that aspect of it. I think that'll really be the key to the game more or not. Can the Panthers just slow down the run game of the 49ers enough to where they're going to have to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat them with their pass game and do all that. We've yet to see that. And as much as I like this Panthers defense, I'm going to say no, that they can't slow it down to the point where they're going to make the 49ers and Garoppolo beat them. You know, I don't, I don't think the 49ers are going to run for 200 yards or anything like that, but I think it's going to be effective enough that it's going to keep the Carolina Panthers off balance. And because of that and the 49ers D, I'm going to go 49ers 23-13 to at home. You know, one of those where – it might be 16-13 with eight minutes left in the game and the 49ers go down and score a game-winning touchdown or it's 20-13 to and they kick a late field goal to kind of put it away. I kind of envision it being uh, that overall, but uh, I do like the 49ers and I think they go to 7-0. Now, Chris, if the 49ers lose this game to the Panthers and the Panthers move to 5-2, and two, do we not instantly feel very differently about the Panthers and take them extremely seriously the rest of the way? Yes, this would up my level of confidence in them to a degree where it has not been all year and just would further my, my you know belief that as much as I love Cam Newton, that you stick with Kyle Allen while you ride this wave out. It, you just can't. If they go into San Francisco this week and pull off a win and Kyle Allen plays – you know, just solid. He doesn't even have to play great. If he just plays solid, 
you know, I'm, I, if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm not messing with the formula right now and everything that's going on there. And the Panthers, they got a lot of things to like about their football team. They really do. I just think they're playing a team the, this week that's just a little bit better than them, really well coached, and, and going to pose some problems for them. All right, Johnny Gruden. He's going to Houston to see Deshaun Watson, who he has self-said that is the greatest human on the planet, Deshaun Watson. And if you don't like him, you're crazy. Texans coming off the loss against the Colts. Raiders had the bye week. um, Or no, not the bye week, excuse me. Got their butts whooped against the Green Bay Packers in the Derek Carr fumble game. Texans favored by six and a half at home. Okay. What do you think is going to go on here? How many of these games can John Gruden endure where he has to look across and see Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Jacoby Brissett? He's got to see Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford. He's got to see Mahomes again. Uh, You know, a lot of great quarterbacks out there that John Gruden looks at and says, where's mine? When is my guy going to emerge? And I think he knows enough after what Derek Carr did last week, lightning striking twice, the stupid mistake that he repeated from 2017. I think Carr's on the outs, and I think we may see a long day from Derek Carr. I think he's got a sense that that uh, even though it's Derek Carr going to the town where his, his brother was the first overall pick and and uh, all of, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I think that the Texans, especially after losing to the Colts, they're going to focus. They're going to get the win. They're going to go to 5-3. and three, And Deshaun Watson is going to bedevil the Raiders' defense. And John Gruden is just going to be you know, yelling and shouting the F word over and over again and doing various forms of his scowl, the, the, uh, every emotion possible he can express through a scowl. And it's going to be the bad emotions that we see on Sunday because I think the Texans will win this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, though. I may be threading the needle here. I haven't checked the spread. I got the Texans winning 27-23. That's threading the needle. Oh, boy, I'm a little nervous about that. What was but that I'll score? Go ahead and try Say to that thread one the more time on for me. One. What was that score? 27-23. 27-23. Okay. I mean, I, I don't think that's crazy. I don't. You know, again, the Raiders, and, you know, yes, Derek Carr, I, I get what you're saying there. Um, he has done some good things this year. He's done a pretty good job for the most part taking care of the ball other than last week, which was, you know, some really stupid moments, definitely. Um, I, I I like the formula the Raiders have on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we've talked about it a lot. They're going to run the ball. They want to keep running with Josh Jacobs, who's showing himself to be pretty special. Now, the Texans have a great run defense. They do. Um, but John Gruden, I think, will stay patient enough, and I think they're good enough up front to where they can run the ball well enough on the Houston Texans to where they have to go, ooh, you know, we got to compromise some of our pass coverage to stop this run game. And then I don't love the Texans' pass defense, as you've heard me say, and we saw that again last week with Jacoby Brissett kind of tearing them up. So that, that bothers me a little. Uh, now, the other side of the ball with Houston – You know, the Raiders' defense is not good. Houston can run the ball. They will stay patient enough to stay balanced that way. And I know I said this to you on PFT Live today. You know, these are the kind of games, just like we saw Aaron Rodgers last week against the Raiders' defense, I think Deshaun Watson can just physically take over this game in the moments that are tough. I do. I just don't think the Raiders have enough talent, just sheer raw talent, and especially not up front, to contain a guy like Deshaun Watson to where even if the Texans aren't playing their best football on a day like Sunday, 
he's going to be good enough and too great for them to overcome. I think this game's close. I'm going 31-28 Texans, but I think ultimately I'm going with the Deshaun Watson. He makes enough magic happen and makes enough plays to DeAndre Hopkins and and Kenny Stills uh, to get them over the hump. This is a double needle thread. We don't do that very often. I know. You're usually the one who takes these chances, but uh, I don't know. It maybe it works. It's just it makes me nervous because you're rooting for one team to win, but not by very many points. I don't like that feeling. Well, I don't, I don't like that, care that that turmoil. I don't care. I just want the team that I picked to win win first. The only ones I care about the damn spread, and that's why I was saying that I don't give a damn about my record against the spread because a lot of these games I would not ever bet. Or pick against the spread because a lot of these games that I don't bet on, I think come down to luck more times than not. Or a guy being injured, things that you can't quantify in figuring out these games. So I just want to beat your ass, like I said, in the straight up and the bets department. That's all I'm going for. And um, we're both on the Texans and a close one there. Now, let's go to the New England Patriots. And they have to deal with Odell Beckham Jr. coming to town. And Baker Mayfield, shall he see ghosts to New England as well? I don't know. But they're coming off a bye week. And will they be prepared for the onslaught of what they're about to see with the evil empire New England Patriots? Patriots are favored by 13 motherfucking points. Holy shit, Cleveland, you're in trouble. Over under at 43. What do you see happening, Michael? What were you going for there? You were kind of slipping into your Captain Andrew Luck know, British vampire know. voice I'm there. I'm just entertaining myself. Is it like a Halloween thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're but right. But at least somebody's entertained. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with – and this one uh, – the Browns just aren't good. They're not good. And they're not nearly as good as we thought they were going to be. I don't know that Freddie Kitchens is the answer. He's still learning. He told us that a few weeks ago. Well, pay close attention to what happens – in this game coming up, Freddie, this is going to be your master class on what it takes to be a great coach because I think the Patriots will dismantle the Browns systematically the way they dismantled the Jets on Monday night. Bill Belichick is awesome against first and second year quarterbacks. This is Baker Mayfield's first crack at the Patriots, and he's going to find out the hard way what it's like to deal with New England. 35 to 16 shellacking. It could be worse than that. I'm being charitable giving the Browns 16 points in this one. I think it will be ugly. I think the Patriots move to 8 0. The Browns are going to be 2 and 5, and their margin for error is going to be dangerously thin the rest of the way. They're not quite at have to run the table yeah. territory, and their schedule does soften after week 10 or so. Right. But. It's, it's going to be very hard for them to get to the playoffs this year because, number one, they're going to lose, and number two, they're going to be picking up the pieces, and they're going to, they're going to realize we got a long way to go to be the team that we thought we were going to be. Yeah, no, and to your point, here's the schedule. I mean, you got the Patriots this week, and then they got at the Broncos, the Bills, which will be tough, but then Steelers, Dolphins, Steelers, Bengals, Cardinals, then Ravens and Bengals. So you're right. There is still a chance for them to make a late season run where they can win maybe 
eight out of their last 10 or something like that. I mean, that, that is very real a possibility. There's certainly nothing daunting on that schedule. And they've already beat the Ravens. And I think we all sit here and go, yeah, the Bills are 6-1, and one, but we know they kind of play an ugly style of football where they barely win against whoever they play to where they could win that game too. So it's not over. I'm certainly not picking the Browns to win this game this week. I mean, I'm not that fucking stupid, okay? It's New England. I get that. They're the best team in the game. I do think Cleveland poses some problems for New England, okay? Just at least as their defense is the best offense the Patriots will play so far this year. Just because, hey, we know Cleveland can run the ball with Nick Chubb, and they got some guys on the outside where the Patriots will have to rethink about how they want to cover, starting with Odell Beckham Jr. and what they want to do there. So that they that poses some problems. I also think the Browns, you know, talented, yes. And this is one of those games I look at a little bit like the Ravens or the Rams, where I'm going to go, they're going to be shit scared of being embarrassed. So they're going to be on their P's and Q's for this one. Um, I think the Patriots win, but I think the Browns hang around and make it interesting for a little while. I'm only going Patriots 24 to 16 on this one. Uh, I think they get the win, but uh, they're annoyed by the Browns consistently through the day. Yeah, I, well, you're threading the needle on that one. I would not. I, listen, I think that, that Bill Belichick is going. And, and remember this. Remember this. Belichick coached the Browns. Even though the Browns he coached are now the Ravens, he still coached the Browns. Yes, he and did. I think that's a factor in this as well. And I think he's going to want to stick it to the Browns even more zealously than he would any other team. Not that I don't know that every he wants to stick it to everybody. And he never takes his foot off the gas pedal. This is his life. This is why he's the best ever. And Freddie Kitchens has a long way to go to even be remotely on the fringes of being even even whispered in connection with Bill Belichick. He's got a lot of years. He's got a lot of wins. And so far, he's 2-4. and four, And I think he's going to be 2-5. and five, And I disagree with you. I think the Patriots cover. Okay. All right. So, uh, Packers-Chiefs, Sunday night football showdown. We're pumped. You know, I'm, I'm pumped regardless. It's Aaron Rodgers against a team that's good in the AFC. Of course, I want to see Patrick Mahomes play. I think there's maybe a 10% chance that happens, at least with him going out there a little for practice. But I still think at the end of the day, we will see Matt Moore. Packers, we know are on fire right now. Their defense is reeling. I worry about their defense. I know you've heard me say that a little bit over the last few weeks. And the Chiefs, I think, listened to us a little bit last week. After that first drive, the Chiefs stopped this slow death football or the slow death defense. They blitzed a tremendous amount and did things that I have not seen them do all year on the defensive side of the ball, which I think was encouraging. You can't have a quick strike off, quick strike offense and a slow death defense. That doesn't make sense, and it doesn't make a cohesive, complementary football team that way. Um, what do you think, Mike? What do you got? What's your score? Who you, how you see this one going? Well, I'd like to know who's going to play quarterback. Yeah, We're not going to know that probably until it's time to – even if Patrick Mahomes is active, that doesn't mean they're going to trot him out there when it's time to actually play the game. It could be that this is all part of a broader ruse aimed at messing with right. the Packers and kind of messing with the rest of us. And you know what? It's not bad for ratings if there's some drama as to who actually is going to play quarterback. But I'm leaning Patriots either way. Hmm. I'm going to reserve the right to change my mind on Sunday night. Yeah. So the I'm, Patriots I'm, aren't I'm playing in this Packers. one. So this will be pa phenomenal if they do pull this I'm off. I'm leaning Saints. I'm <laughs> leaning Saints. All right. Since the Saints are playing three other games, they'll have, they'll have a little something left so they can play Sunday night. 
Packers is where I'm leaning in this one, 34-27. But I would like to have more information about whether or not Mahomes is going to play. But I just think, given where Aaron Rodgers is right now, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I, I, I um, the Chiefs' new formula on defense does scare me. It creates a little advantage because, like, the Packers are going to go, wait, we've only seen one game of this. Like, what else can we expect here as they continue to play this style as far as if Steve Spagnuolo continues this creativity, blitz packages, things like that. I'll be interested. Uh, I do worry about the Packers defense, like you said. I think ultimately, even if Mahomes is playing, I think I would pick the Packers to win a really close one. I'm picking it as of right now where he's not playing, and I'm going to take the Packers 31-21 to on the road against the Matt Moore Chiefs. Now, if Patrick Mahomes plays... I would like to change my score to like 31-28, 31-30. I think it'll be that type of football game, almost like whoever has the ball last out of these two QBs, they're going to pull the magic show. But, um, you know, th this is one where, again, like I talked about last week, with not a great pass rush and great up front, and a healthy Aaron Rodgers, these are the kind of defenses he can take over single-handedly in. And like you said, he's kind of on fire right now, and I would worry about that if I'm the Chiefs. So I, I got the 10-point victory for now, but we'll see how it goes with Mahomes. All right. And here's the thing. Yeah, sorry. The, hang on. The Packers are favored by three and a half. How much is that going to change if Mahomes plays? It may not matter, right? They haven't taken it off the board yet. No. But uh, it, it is a strange kind of a situation, but I'm I'm – I still could change the Chiefs come Sunday night when we have to lock in our picks for Football Night in America, but for now, I'm sticking with the Packers. Yep. All right. All right. Dolphins, Steelers, Monday Night Football. Dolphins on the road in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh coming off the bye week. Steelers, 14.5 point favorites, over under at 43. Um, I know we're both picking the Steelers. How much do you have them winning by? I got a 31 to 10. I mean, the Steelers, both of their wins have come in prime time. They, they find a different level of performance when the lights are on. The Dolphins just flat out suck, and it's going to continue. And Monday night's game is probably going to be the low watermark for uh, primetime football in 2019. So that's all I have to say about that one. Steelers win big. Dolphins continue to stink. And the only good thing about this Steelers-Dolphins Monday night game is it most likely won't consist of that monsoon with the – Remember the punt that didn't bounce from 2007? Right. We won't have that. But maybe that would be more entertaining than what we're going to see on Monday night. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, Steelers, I mean, we're going to have Mason Rudolph, a quarterback, right? I mean, do we know that for sure yet? Have we come yes. Up? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So we he's got cleared Mason. and he's the, he's the guy. Okay. So you got Mason Rudolph. Uh, you, know, I, you know, the Dolphins defense is like game plan wise. They can be a little annoying. They're not going to, like, totally be horrible. We've seen, you know, against the Redskins last week against uh, the Buffalo Bills. They're they're somewhat well coached. They're just not that talented right now. Now the offense is pitiful, and that's where I worry about them. I think the Dolphins kind of hang around for a little while and make it, like, somewhat of a game for maybe three quarters, but eventually the Patriots wear – I mean, the Steelers wear them out. I just think the Steelers' defense is going to be too much for the Dolphins' offense. They will just overwhelm them, I think, up front in the run game and pass protection, maybe cause some turnovers that way. I'm going Steelers 21-13. to 13. So I got the Dolphins covering, but kind of an ugly, unimpressive cover is kind of how I look at it. 
Yeah, I, I think that the Steelers will indeed cover this one. I think it's going to be a boring game, and uh, we talked about it more than we should have. Okay, so let's move on now to best bets time, where I really want to kick Mike Florio's ass. Okay, I got four games that I want to do best bets with here, so this is, the, this is actually tough. I got to cancel them out. I've starred four games that make sense to me. Um, but let's get into it. We'll pick all three. I'll give, I'll tell you who my fourth is. I left out, but, uh, go ahead, Mike, lead it off. What's your first best bet of the, of the week? I'm going to start with the LA Rams given 13 to the Cincinnati Bengals. I still think that the lines do not reflect the talent difference between these great teams and the crap teams. And for whatever reason, I, and I, there's this mindset out there that, that once the line is north of 10. I think there are bettors that think it's some kind of a trap. So they bet the underdog and they keep the line from going higher than it should be. I think this line should be more than 13. I think the Rams are going to win easily. That This is a no-brainer to me. The Rams at least by, by 17 or 20 in this one. So my first one is the Rams. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm going to pick that too. Uh, I'm going in the Rams as well. I, I, I'm with you. I'm You know, there, there's... The thing that scares me a little, like I told you, just London. London can be weird. And maybe Zach Taylor's familiarity with the Rams a little bit. But ultimately, I think all the points you made are right. The Rams are just more talented. They're better coached. I think they realize that there's not a lot of more room for error for them in the NFC. They'll be a very focused unit. And, yeah, I'm picking them 38-17. So, okay, we both got that. Now, go to bet number two, Michael Florio. I really wish we would do the the elimination like draft. Yeah, well, where well, if I take screw the, you, yeah. we're not. So thank you. Uh, wish right. wish another time. Go rub another genie's bottle. All right, let's go. Keep it going. All right, I uh, I'm gonna stick with a team that I have been predicting in recent weeks on a consistent basis to cover the New England Patriots, giving 13 to the Cleveland Browns. I have a feeling it will be another splattering. I don't care that the Browns have had two weeks to get ready. And the Patriots are operating on a short week. The Patriots are the Patriots. There is a huge gap between them and everyone else, particularly the Browns. Odell Beckham Jr. going on and on on Wednesday about the Patriots this and the Patriots that and how he wanted to play for the Patriots. I think he may decide to just stay in the locker room, just hide under a bench and hope that the Browns leave without him and he can stay in New England and be with the best organization in all of sports. And we're going to see it loud and clear. And, and I think a lot, you know, We've heard talk about how, remember the Ravens, that chatter where they're sick of hearing about the Browns, and then the Browns went in and beat them. I think a lot of Patriots players are probably sick of hearing about the Browns and how the Browns think they can just show up and all of a sudden be an elite team. They're never going to break ranks. They're never going to open their mouths, and they're just going to go about their business of kicking the crap out of the Browns. So I like the Patriots. Given 13, I think they're going to win by at least 20. Okay. All right, Dan, you're going strong. I didn't have the guts to go that one. My second bet will be... The New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, yes, favored by 10 and a half. I'm riding that wave. I am. Their defense is phenomenal. You know, the Arizona Cardinals, yeah, they've won three in a row, but it's it's not against teams that are even in the, the same atmosphere, the same stratosphere as the New Orleans Saints, who will be at home. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury have yet to be in an environment like, like this, like you said earlier. That's very real. 
Cardinals defense not good enough to stop the very well-balanced offensive attack of Sean Payton, Teddy Bridgewater, Breeze. It just doesn't matter. I think the Saints are playing phenomenal football, and I'm going with them to be my second best. I got them 31-16, so that's a 15-point victory, uh, and I just like the way they're playing. So there's my, my second one. Go to your third one, Florio. Number three for me, I am going to stick with a team that I have believed in a few times this year when it comes to best bets. I don't imagine the Seattle Seahawks having two clunkers in a row. I think Russell Wilson is going to be salty. He's going to be pissed, and he's playing against an overmatched Falcons team. I think that the Seahawks, who are only giving five and a half points, will go into Atlanta and destroy the Falcons. Last week, remember how we were stunned? The Rams were only three-point favorites, and what did they do? They destroyed the Falcons. This week, it's only five and a half. What are people thinking? The And, and it may be Matt Schaub, for crying out loud, at quarterback for the Falcons. I think the Seahawks win this one huge. It won't be close. And and I, that, that was the one. You know, there's always one that just jumps out to me, and, and I think, what the hell are people thinking? Five and a half points spread for the Seahawks over the Falcons is this week's what the hell are people thinking bet. The Seahawks, now, of course, I said that last week about San Francisco only being a nine and a half point favorite over Washington, but that monsoon is what canceled that out. There won't Definitely. be a monsoon no. in Atlanta. They're not, they, they, number one, it's a dome. Uh, so we're fine there. Seahawks win big, easily cover the five and a half. And they would easily cover the five and a half, even if it somehow was a monsoon inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, not Superdome, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, I'm, that's my third bet as well. I agree. I'm going Seahawks too. 35-21 is how I see it playing out. Uh, it could be worse than that if Matt Ryan's not in the football game. So, uh, yeah, this one did not make sense to me. Uh, so I get it. Uh, I, I just think the Seahawks are clearly the better team, going to be motivated. The Falcons are going in the wrong direction and, and realize the inevitability that there's going to be a whole new staff there next year. All right, so the three bets. Florio's got the Patriots. Florio's got the Rams. Florio's got the Seahawks. Sims got the Saints. Sims got the Rams. Sims got the Seahawks. Okay, there's our three. I like it. You know, we're similar. I'm rooting for Cleveland just to keep that close so you don't win that. Uh, I'll say this. Who was your fourth one? Yes. You had a fourth one. My fourth one was the Lions. I think the Lions will win by more than seven points against the New York Giants. But because of the Quandre Diggs thing and because the Lions, I just don't trust them 100%. I don't like betting on bad teams or even mediocre teams. And I don't think they're a middle-class team. I don't think they're mediocre. They're, they're like upper middle class, the Detroit Lions. But I guess that's just scaring me a little bit why I didn't make them the other three. I have full confidence in the Rams, Satans, and Seahawks that they'll be the teams I expect them to be. All See, right, I really it. thought about the Colts. I thought, thought about, about the Colts. Colts because either the Colts are going to win by double digits or they're going to lose. There's not going to be a middle ground there. Right. And uh, so anyway. Well, that's um, why that's you don't it. pick them then, because if you're scared, if they're going to lose, then that's that's good by you. Um, OK, let's uh, let's everybody out there. Let's root for me to continue to kick Florio's ass. I know that's what everybody wants. Mike, you the man. You're not kicking my ass by much. I know, but I'm not, just, I mean, you had one good week. I'm kicking your ass right now. That's all I can say. Right. But I can't wait to see you Sunday so I can really kick your ass in person and punch you and grab you and do all the things I like to do. Uh, 
Way to go today. Good show, you freaking wanker. Okay, don't, don't be wanking it too again. hard, okay, down there Just in West stop. Virginia? <laughs> you the stop. man, Mike. I'll see uh, you. Chris Sims unbutton. Right. Mike Florio, PFT, PM. Peace out. We're out. Florio, you, Sims. Yeah, up yours, Florio. Peace. Later. Damn. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.